0: Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business coach, author, speaker, and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to become a bold and powerful voice in your industry. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Amazing to have you here. I am so looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. I have to let you know that. But before we dive in, I obviously want to let you know and just remind you that this episode is brought to you by my free masterclass, How to Build a Profitable Business Without the Burnout. And in it, I take you through five key things that really have the biggest impact on how my business was successful, how I really stepped up as the CEO, how I started to attract the right people and how I helped my brand to stand out. So make sure you head over to suschadwick.com forward slash scale if you want to check that out and you can watch it straight away. The other thing I wanted to let you know is that if you just go to suzechadwick.com forward slash freebies, F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S, then there's a couple of things that you can check out there as well. So obviously just wanted to let you know that. Don't want you to miss out on all the goodies. But today I have Yael Kion. She is a small business owner, a mom to two preschoolers and a FIFO wife. And over the past few years, she's established herself as the go-to marketing expert for small business owners who are ready to make a difference, create a lifestyle and not burn themselves out in the process. She believes marketing can be effective without the ick factor. So before starting her business, Yael worked for 12 years in marketing roles at international corporations. She holds two degrees, including about of Commerce, Marketing and Advertising and an MBA. And Yale is a member of the Australian Marketing Institute and a regular contributor to RTR, FM and RAW. And she specializes specifically in email marketing. So that's what she helps her clients to do. She's got a membership on it. She's got a course on it. She's got a mastermind coming as well. And so email is her jam. And as you know, if you've been listening, I'm all about the organic right now. I'm like, I don't want to be relying on socials. I want to get people on my email list. So if you're not on there, then make sure you head over and you join the email list. You can get the podcasts every week. You can get one of my freebies. But really making sure that you're connecting with your audience through channels that they obviously are in a lot and that they see and that you're not hoping or, you know, relying on an algorithm to make sure that your audience is seeing the content that you want to share with them. And so I know that list building and emails, people talk about them all the time. But the question is, and this is what I find, is that when I talk about it, so many people are like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to, but I don't actually, I don't email my list. I don't really focus on growing it. Like we're so focused on growing our social numbers. Uh, and all the rest of it. But this is such an important thing. So I did say to Yael, my audience is a bit more advanced. So we're not going to do basics here. You know, we're going to be talking about how you can really take a look at being more strategic with your email in 2022. So I really enjoyed this conversation. There were a couple of things that I picked up on myself where I'm like, I think I need to do that better. And so I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation as well. So without further ado, let's dive in. Yale, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Suze. My pleasure.
1: My pleasure. Now, we met a a while ago. Um, I did a masterclass uh, for, was it for you? Yeah, for uh, my email experience membership. So I believe you talked about, yeah, branding yourself through your emails and just letting that come through. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like such a long time ago now. Good few months anyway, maybe long It could be even a year. Years. I
0: <laughs> yes, I love you. People are like, I feel like we've just been in a time vortex where it's like, oh no, that was a few like months ago. There, no, that was two years ago. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh.
0: What have I been doing? (laughs) No, exactly, but all good. But listen, I was excited to, um, you recently bought the podcast brand plan and you were like, I did it, I launched, or you bought bought the Bold Speakers Collective Mm -hmm. and you went through the podcast brand plan um, and we were sort of chatting and I just thought, you know, something I have been talking to my audience a lot about really refocusing on organic marketing, and being very deliberate about how I am doing that this year in 2021 and how I'm going to do that more in 2022, because I just feel like socials is such a unpredictable beast. And I just think we've got to continue to focus on the things that we own and that matter. And as an email expert, I just really wanted to get you on the podcast and Talk about some more advanced strategies because my listeners are usually three, five years plus in business. What are some of the things that we need to be doing? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive in, give me a little bit of background on you. So how did you kind of
1: end up in this niche? Uh, how did we end up in any niches? So I've been in marketing my whole career since. You know, I studied that after school at uni and I was in corporate for for 12 years, I think, before starting my own business with kids. So the classic story. Um, So I did start generic marketing strategy, wanting to be, you know, the marketing strategist expert. Um, But as you know, (laughs) and as you teach, that is a really hard niche to kind of break into because there's, again, it's so generic. So, you know, you got to do what you're meant to do. And that is niche down. And I just found everyone kept asking me about email, (laughs) and because I was able to talk about it really clearly, I've been using it and I'm really someone who's really good with systems and seeing how things fit together. Um, So the more and more I lean into it, the more and more momentum I got. So I just kind of stuck with it. (laughs) And um, yeah, I actually really love email marketing. When I first started my business, I actually really didn't um, because it is very, very different sending emails when you've got like a corporation's name in the sender Mm. box versus all of a sudden it's you. Um, but back in the day, um, I think that was like six years ago, you know, everyone said you have to have your list. And so, and I found it was the number one lever and driver of my business. And it was just easy and easy for me. Um, and, it's just been the backbone of everything I've done. And, the, you know, the more I dig into it, the more nerdy, nerdy I get with it, with automations and all the cool little things that come with it. So it's just a constant playground.
0: Amazing. I have to say, I don't I don't think that the majority of business owners feel that excited and like it's a playground. But I, I think this is the thing. It's about learning how we use it in a way so that we get the results that we want so that it feels easier and it is a joyful place to be.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely, yeah, people look at it and think like there's just a certain way of doing it. Like, oh, someone told me, okay, I have to build my list, then I have to have a sales funnel, and then I have to do this whole pushy thing, and then I have to email every single week. And I'm like, yeah, that's one way to do it. but <laughs> There's so many different things you can do with it, and there's so many different layers you can add um, that just make your life so much easier. And also, bonus um, helps you really serve your subscribers really well. And so if your customers too, people forget that it's about also the post-purchase experience as well yeah. and a whole range of things. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's so good. Yeah. It's flexible too. <laughs> it's so flexible that you can just, you can do it in your way. You don't have yeah. to follow some big formula thing. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And so I think that's a really good lead in as well. Just like, what do you feel has changed in the email marketing space? Has anything changed? Is it, is it evolving or is it just pretty
1: consistent and the same? Like, what are you seeing at the moment? So I see like, the foundation is still the same, so you still need to grow your email list. You still need to be showing up and sharing with your subscribers. Absolutely, definitely. It used to be all about newsletters and maybe you got one a month with this roundup stories. Then um, again, probably five years ago, it was more about you know just more letter styles and just like having a single focus per email and around mm-hmm. that. But now I think it's definitely evolving more into showing up for your subscribers. Um, around where they are now. And uh, and I mean that by using kind of a bit more automations, a bit more learning about who your subscribers are and then how to help them. So that sounds really complicated and sounds really scary, but it actually isn't too difficult because a lot of the software actually handles a lot of this for you. But having, um, you know, different automations based around the stage that they are at with you, like are they brand new or have they been in your audience for a long time? Or what are they interested in? Uh, Maybe you have a couple of different categories of topic you talk about. Which one are they interested in? And maybe you talk to them a bit more about that level. Or what stage are they at in terms of are they beginner, intermediate, advanced? You can start to just have a few basic categories and talk to them in different ways. Um, So that's a big thing. And using automations to power a lot of that. So there's actually less reliance on you actually having to write an email every single week. Um, And second to that, though, giving your subscribers those choices. So instead of everyone just getting everything, people can say, you know what, this is what I want to get um, or I don't want to receive this. And that's all okay, too. So people, it's, it's a lot more customized and a lot more personalized and, yeah, just really connecting and talking to people on a deeper level. Mm, Awesome. I love that. And so let's
0: drill down into that. I remember, I I feel like it's a few years ago. Time is just irrelevant at the moment. Uh, But whatever it was, I remember Pat Flynn sending out an email and it was asking what level of business you were at. And then you clicked on whichever, like, you know, have you just started in the last 12 months? Have you been in business for two years or five years or something like that? And, um, And then you would click on it And it was interesting, like, I don't know that I felt like I got different emails or not, but when you are segmenting, is that a good way to do it? Like how for my listeners, if they're wanting to find out more about their audience and segment in that way, number one, how would you do
1: that? Yep. Yeah. So there's a few ways. There's really obvious ways and sneaky ways too. Um, so yeah, so that is one way that um Pat would have done. And that is just like when they click that link, it will add a tag in the back end and you can segment people according to when they click that link. Um, he could, he might have used that to send different emails out to different people or it could have been purely for market research as well. Yeah, um, And also, frankly, it can be an engagement tactic too because those clicks through rates, they send great deliverability signals to Gmail and Outlook, et cetera, to help emails get to the inbox. So there's a Love few that. things to do with that. Um, so you can do it that way. You can also do it on sign-up. Um, so when some, so someone signs up, actually have a third field. I think there's this, um, OmniSend did a study and actually found three fields is actually the magic number for getting people to complete. And I wouldn't waste that on a last name or something. I would say, you know, ask something, um, you know, uh, I've had it, you know, which stage are you at? And I've had it or what type of business you are like, are you e-commerce? Are you services? I do you sell digital products? Like for my own example. So I know that if I have something specific e-commerce, I can do that. But that's just a little drop down when people sign up um, and you can add that in and then segment them out that way. Um, But you can also do sneaky ways too. like if you have a blog post or a podcast episode about email marketing, you can when they click the link to listen, tag them email marketing and and do some things that end. and you might not need to do anything with that data. But down the line, you can also check like, oh, what topics are people clicking on? What are they interested in? And you've you've just got this good information as well. So lots of different ways you can get there. Interesting. And I think I do.
0: I think I have tag overwhelm. Yes. So uh, so we did a cleanup. I use active campaign and we did a cleanup. I want to say a couple of months ago where any tags that didn't have anybody against them, we did a big clean out and things like that because it was just like a never ending list. And yes. obviously like I've had active campaign for at least four or five years, if not longer. Uh, and so When it comes to like sending out an email and say, you know, I've got my podcast episode or something like that, then how realistic or how efficient or how worth it is it to have tags on different things like that i'm just really i'm very much like that feels like tag overwhelmed to be yeah
1: and absolutely so easy for your tags to become a hot mess um <laughs> and you just get so many of them and it's and it's ridiculous so there's yeah there's two layers to that one i don't necessarily recommend you have to do it on every single email um but sometimes there's a few strategic ones that you're definitely keen on or even if you did it um Strategically, as who clicks links to view your sales page or you view your products as well, it's very clever. Mm. Um, but in terms of the just can I just I did, just can I just stop yeah. on that one for one
0: sec? Because yeah. I'm always worried that people are just sticky baking, they're not actually interested, mm-hmm. they're just ha- going for a bit of a look. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter either way, but I'm just like, I'm always really
1: conscious of that. Like, yeah, I always have sort are of just like, let me see. Yes. Yeah. I don't necessarily do. I'm not at the stage where I, I'm, you know, I've got thousands and thousands of people clicking my links. So I generally do a personal review of the name so I can generally tell, like if it's fellow marketers or people who are already in my programs and things, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know you are just yeah. having a look. Um, but then there's other ones. I'm like, Oh, I don't know you or, Oh yeah, you could be potential. And then I'm, you know, I might like personally outreach depending um, on what I'm doing that time. Um but yeah, in terms of tags, so I definitely recommend having a naming convention. Yeah. <laughs> so just simply as, like, I like to tag anyone who signs up for certain opt-ins. So I would have one for opt-in colon and then whatever it is. So they're all grouped together. If any webinars are grouped together, or and interest ones will be interest colon topic. And obviously, you wouldn't have every single one in under the sun. You just have your real core yeah core ones or stage colon whatever. So that's just a way to just make them a bit more manageable and have everything kind of grouped Mm. together. And then as you say, doing a cleanup probably (laughs) every year or something just to move people around and reorganize it. Cause it is easy just for things to layer in or things to phase out because that was relevant for a time. And now, cause that was during the launch and you're not, it's not relevant anymore. So yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've had like products that we don't, no longer have. Mm -hmm. And so it was just sort of getting, cleaning all of that up as well. So just to follow on to that as well, like we were talking about with Pat or, you know, interests or stage or things like that. So are you sending emails to each of those different groups, like different emails? Like how would you be using that sort of segmentation?
1: Okay. So um, again, this comes down to, we don't want to overwhelm. We don't want to have a million different combinations of things. So that's why you really want to be strategic about which one's you go for. So I'll use my example just because it's, it's easy. So that example where I shared where I've got e-commerce services, digital products, at the moment, I really only use that apart, apart from um, you know just checking my data on the back end out of curiosity to see see the breakdown of my audience. Um, I only really use that in two key ways. The first way is during that welcome series. So during the welcome series, I have my main emails, but I'll at least have one that's specific to each group. Of course, you can go, you know, eat your heart out and go different variations of it depending on on the series. But I just feel, especially during that first, those first interactions with your, um, your subscribers that you can talk to them in different ways um, you know, meeting them when they're at. And I think that really makes a big difference um, to them. Second way is in the emails themselves. And it's only sporadically. It's not going to be like every single week. But if I have something that's relevant just to a specific group of people, I will um, send that out at that given time. So I might just send an extra email out just for e-commerce or just for services if it's relevant just to that group of people. Um, Also digital products, for example, sometimes like I've got a program where I help people with their launching um, with it through email. I'm not going to send that to people who aren't doing digital product stuff. I just send it just to those people. So Mm -hmm. that's more where it's at. So it's not every single thing (laughs) under the sun. It's just a few key strategic times. And obviously um, the more. You know, you can play with it more and more and go as deep as you want with it, um, but I do believe in keeping things simple, simple as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we use it as, a, an, a, as an elimination, you know, segment as well where we'll send out emails but not to current clients and yes, absolutely. all of those sorts of yeah. things. So, you know, we're not going to send a BBA pro- promotion to BBA students, Yeah, those sorts of things. So I think it just helps. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think it helps to serve up relevant information to the right people. I definitely think we could probably be going a lot deeper as well, but yeah.
1: And another way to do it similar to the, the client's one is um, just what emails they want, type of content they want to receive from you. So for example, um, with the podcast, I will send an email now out every single week for that, but I also send additional emails when I have other things to talk about. Yeah. So I have Once everyone joins my list, once they get past the welcome experience, they will end up on both the podcast and my updates list, but they can choose to say, no, I don't want the podcast stuff, but I want to get the other updates, or I only want the podcast stuff and I don't want the updates. Or if I'm in the sales, I can say, if you don't want to get these sales emails, so if I'm on launch, if you don't want to get these launch emails, opt out here, but they'll still get the other stuff. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think that's such an important one. Because I think that absolutely you can, you know, you can give people an option out of that particular product. And so we've got one like in at the end of the BBA or BBA sales emails. It's like if you're not interested in this promotion or in this product, just click here and then we've got like a, you know, opt out, BBA opt out or whatever. And we just make sure that we have that on. But I think it just um, keeps your list happy and yep. also like, you're not serving up stuff that they've
1: said. I feel like I'm interested in that, which is, yeah, I think it's so important. It gives them a choice. And it's so funny. I actually had someone yesterday reply to my podcast email. She's like, can you just resubscribe me? Because I just wanted to click the link to see what it did. So I knew how to do it. And they can you put me back on (laughs) the podcast So people are like, they they love having a say in what, They are going to receive and not receive. And I think especially if you're sending more than just like an email, you know, a month or whatever, you you want to be able to give them that choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you set your email schedule? So you were just saying that you've got um, like you'll send out a podcast one, maybe every week I do the same and then uh, other emails as well do you plan? Like, are you planning when you're launching, when there are specific times of the year? Like, are you planning ahead or is it a bit more kind of, you know, like this week, next week, the week after just, yeah. Like how, cause I think that's something that people struggle with as well. It's sort of like, the thing I hear the most is what am I emailing them? So I've said the podcast is such a great thing because it's fresh content, it's relevant to my audience. So I know that it's a value. And so I'm really happy to send that out. And so I think that if you're not creating fresh content, you then have to come up, I guess, with the content being the email. So your content is in the email rather than it sharing other content that you've created, like a blog or a podcast or a video or something. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. If you can have some sort of core content, it makes email so much easier to at least be showing up on a weekly basis. Um, So having something like that is... Just amazing. And the amount of people I talk to, who already do like a blog or something and they don't even email their lists about it. I'm just like, it's the easiest email ever. And yet, again, you can give people the choice if they don't want to receive it, but at least it means you're showing up consistently with valuable content. It's not even got a sales pitch in there necessarily. Um, So I like to have that consistent. Um, But in terms of my planning ahead, yes, I plan when launches will be. um, And sometimes I plan out my other email content but sometimes it just comes a spur of the moment. But how I manage it is I have theme days. So again, we're, I, we're talking really complicated strategies here. Well, complicated, but I try to simplify it down and make it as easy as possible. Mm. So I know Monday is my podcast day. So that's the day I send my podcast email out. Tuesday typically is when it's more like my membership updates or like client updates and stuff. So Monday typically is podcast days. So that's the day I'll send that out. Then Tuesday is probably is typically when I'll send out like um, content to my members. So anyone who's already a customer, then Wednesdays, I haven't talked spoke to you about this strategy yet, but I've got, that's my content funnel day, um, which we can get to in a minute. So that's an automation. Um, Then Thursdays is my bonus day, my updates day. So that's the day I tell myself if I've got something extra, I want to send that's the day I send it on. So that way, now that doesn't mean someone's going to get something from me every single day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> but depending, you know, it's more like a just in case they happen to end up on all of those groups of people. It's spaced out. So I don't need to feel like I'm sending a million different things. Um, So yeah, I might send out something extra on a Thursday or Friday. If I do want to do a like, Oh, like you can now book in my calendar. I'll do that kind of on those days. Or if I just feel like I have something I want to have a, you know, a bit of event about, that's when I'll do those. So that's how I kind of make it easier for myself without having to feel like I have to plan like all these yeah, different I like that, different. theme days. So what's the Wednesday? Yeah, so I've got this thing which I've dubbed a content funnel. Um, so basically that is a series of automated emails after someone finishes the welcome series. So when someone does the welcome, then I put them into another funnel, which is like um, an email a week. On the Wednesdays for um for it varies. I'm updating it at the moment, but sometimes I have like twelve weeks there or so. And it's just like the core foundational content that people want to know about it, but not to anyone who's purchased. So this is kind of like that nurture bit mm. in between, and it's just basically a best of tour before they even start getting my up uh, like. But and that's what they'll get. I won't send those people. Just my random thoughts once, if mm. that makes sense. So it's just a way to make sure that anyone I new in my the world, of thoughts, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just make sure that anyone who's new in my world is getting what I believe is the most important stuff mm. for them to know. They're getting helped in the best way possible. And they're getting, like for me, I get a lot of people who are new to email marketing. So it's sort of talking about that giving them that introductory stuff and making them feel like, oh yeah, I actually can send stuff and making them feel good about it. And, um, hopefully by the end of that, they're, they're willing to invest in, in the program, but if not, you know, at least they've got that foundational level of knowledge and, and made yeah. some progress and, and enjoy, and I've, and I've shown up for them. So if I have taken a couple of weeks off sending emails because of life, I know my new people have been looked after.
0: Amazing. And so let's take a step back. So right now, or generally like what's your, what's the length of your welcome sequence And what sort of things are you sharing in there? I feel like we had a welcome sequence a while ago. And I think that when we did a whole big update and clear out and everything, um,
1: I'm not sure that we've still got one. I need to go check that. Yeah. Well, it depends. Some people also call them sales funnels. So it depends on on the focus. Because I'm sure you've probably got some sort of sales funnel situation set up. So for me, my welcome sequence, the goal is to get people um, initially in to um, the email experience or at least onto the wait list for it, which is my membership. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not showing up with, with value during that um, time. So it goes over about two weeks, I believe. Again, I need to probably refresh it. Yeah. <laughs> it's mechanic in this car. Um, and I'd have about six or seven emails during that time. And, again, like um, I'll have it, and it typically follows from my freebie, which is, yeah um 80 plus fill in the blank email ideas so people have come to me thinking i don't know what to send my list so i'm talking so i have a couple of emails that just go deeper on that you know really encouraging them you know yes you do <laughs> don't doubt that you do i have one there specific for the different category because they would have chosen mm. which type of business they had i think i explain like automations like as well so i have a couple of key pieces Um, Just so they get a good understanding of what email is about, but it's all with the goal of, you know, if you want help with this, I can do it. Yeah, amazing. That's so great. So it's, yeah, that's. And so, what's that little freebie? We'll make sure we've got the link to it. Um, It's 80 plus fill in the blank email ideas. Um, And yeah, yalekeown.com forward slash ideas. Easy.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll have that in the show notes. I'm just like, that sounds good to me too. Um, Okay. All right. So you've got the welcome sequence, six emails over about two weeks, but it's connected to the freebie. Do you just have one freebie or do you have multiple freebies? This is a question I get all the time as well. How many freebies should I have? And I've got, three opt-ins that lead to three different products. So mm-hmm. they're very specific to solving a problem. So I know that if somebody
1: opts in for that one, then this is the sequence for them. Yeah. Again, this is a place where it is so easy to get overwhelmed. So <laughs> when I first started, I don't even know how I did it. I had like, because I think Amy Porterfield spoke about it, having like, the, and she still does that. I think I like, have content bump for like every single thing. Yes post and I did that and I was like this is just we did that for a bit much yeah oh my gosh and they were just going through to the same sequence in that instance and I'm like no I I believe you are much better like you've done really having a couple of highly targeted freebies and making the best sequence you can and try to connect that to as many things as possible so yes I've got this ideas one um I have another one which I don't promote, which is more about making the like a worksheet for picking your, the best email marketing software. So that's kind of just something that's naturally come out of the podcast, mm. which doesn't, I believe, have a custom sequence. I probably should. Um, and then, if I have like a mass, I have a, a masterclass which people can sign up for any time as well. So that, but that, that does connect through eventually, depending if people purchase or not. So it's sort of they generally connect because they're all going to the same place. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to create something that had a, if, if I was like, you know what, I'm going to start focusing more on my launching program, then yes, I would definitely put in something special in place for that. But that, yeah. that's, yeah. So, yeah, I, I generally think if you can connect them to the same welcome sequence, that is good. Just separate out, obviously, the delivery email and then just get them to the same welcome. And I normally make the, the welcome so they can only go through it once, but obviously the delivery ones they can get as many times as they need to because they yeah. can sign up a few times because they forget they got it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so I think that, you know, as we're sort of talking about really up-leveling up your email game for 2022 as well, I think always going back and taking a look at, you know, what opt-ins do I have? What is my sequence? Because I think sometimes we set and forget these things and I'm guilty of it sometimes as well. Like I said, we just did an update not that long ago, but even as I sit here now, I'm like... Did we have a welcome sequence for that? So even just going back and checking in on what you've got um, I think is so important and making sure that what you've got is really aligned with what you're wanting to focus on and where you're wanting your audience to actually go. Because I think it's really easy just to have stuff and be like, well, it's an opt-in, people can sign up. You know, it'll help me grow my list. But if it's actually not targeted and positioning you the way that you want to be positioned and it's not leading them where you want them to go, it's just a bit of a waste, really. So I think that that audit, you know, if you do something for my listeners, if you do something, you know, in December or January around your planning and, you know, reviewing what's working and what's not, I think that's a really important one. I know that we look at that too. And not only is the opt in a really good one, but also, What's my open rates like on that and the stats around it? So I'd love to talk a little bit around stats too. So what sort of stats do you look at for yourself and your clients when it comes to like what's working?
1: Yeah, so definitely there is different. there are different stats you want to look at depending on the purpose of the email. Because obviously a sales email, I don't care how many people, well, I do care, but it's not as important to me about how many people are opening. And clicking as how many people are actually buying. Because yes, open rates will be lower on sales emails than they will be on your normal everyday emails. But you know, you're getting sales out of them. So that's the important thing in that instance. But if you're having emails which are more focused around engagement and getting opens, which is a key thing to be doing mm. in between sales periods, then opens and clicks is really important um, to be tracking. So I always, when I'm looking at my general emails, I'm always looking at, um, you know, what's the purpose of that email? What's the intent behind it? What am I asking my subscriber to do. And I always want you to be asking them to do something and then, you know, assess. So obviously launches, your main focus is, is how many sales, um, your welcome series. If you're making a sales pitch at it, out of it, obviously you want to know, um, how many people are buying as a result of that, going through that first experience with you, knowing that still many will Want to take their time and make a decision later on, but um, but then also looking at opens, especially that first one. You want to know if people are even opening and clicking it to get their download, um, and just and really just comparing to yourself. So seeing okay, in that welcome series, is there one particular email which just isn't performing as highly as the others? So would I swap that one out or change the subject line or or look at it that way? Um, or when it comes to your campaigns, is there anything that's an outlier? Um, in there. So that's kind of what I look at um, overall. So it's back to the intent of the email pretty
0: much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So good. And so speaking of, um, you know, email headlines and all the rest of it, are there tools or what tools do you use to make your emails better? I'm all about the tools. I love the tools, Yale.
1: Tools? I, I don't actually use a lot of, uh, yeah, it's different software or or fancy. I know there's headline generators and all sorts of things. I just, yeah, I just use my imagination and I just try to go, how can I make this more fun or or just interesting? Um, So yeah, in terms of headlines and opening, like I just love to get inspiration from different places and I will just ask myself, well, what will make me want to click this? What will make me curious? Um, Sometimes I like to just be direct. I just mix it up and just see what my audience likes, really. Yeah, that's
0: so good. I love that. I think for me, I do struggle with uh, headlines and things like that. Like I'm just like, oh, this is so boring. Uh, so I have and somebody that, uh, one of my copywriters that I worked with, there's the co-schedule.com yeah. email subject line tester uh, that I've recently just started using. And I'm always proud of myself when I get over 70%. Uh- <laughs> Which is, which is their little, you know, like this is a good headline. Um, and so, yeah, so I d- definitely try because it I feel like that doesn't come naturally to me. So I try and use some of those tools. And then the other one that I've recently, and this is more copywriting thing, but something that I've started using recently is the Hemingway editor. These are all free as well, uh, where I just, I write really long sentences. So that kind of, you know, it stops me in my tracks and it highlights, you know, maybe break the, these hundred words into different sentences Suisse, uh, and put some full stops and commas in there. So just little things like that as well, just to make it easy um, and readable. So for me, those are a couple of things mm-hmm. that have helped. I'll put the links in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, else... I guess when, it, when, when I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm definitely like, and, and some of your listeners might might feel this way too. It's like, oh, that sounds like writing an email is <laughs> just like a lot of work. And so I'm just like sending an email that's not 100% versus not sending an email at all is better. Yeah. So definitely don't put your pressure on, on yourself that you have to, you know, go through this for editing, for test. 100. Like I know, I think it was Marie Folio talked about, you know, writing down 20 different subject lines for sending emails. And I'm just like- I have seen that me up with just one. Who's Come got on. time, just, yeah. One's good. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can easily see how people can get overwhelmed and think, okay, well, I need to dedicate like three hours to writing this email. And I'm just like, no, just spend your 10 minutes, and write mm-hmm. it out. Make sure, yeah, check your spelling and check that it's spaced and easy to scan like you would like a website. Yeah, But don't get caught up in has to be like copywriter level yeah. extravagance because it's just going out to just your people. Yeah. I'm like the queen
0: of typos and I always find the typo. I'll read it five times and then I'll find the typo when I hit send. So Mm -hmm. I find just using something like that for me (laughs) helps or grammarly or things like that. Yeah. Grammarly.
1: So yeah, just to, to find what those really random ones. And I, yeah, yeah. They come up a lot and you know, it's just sometimes I just embrace it as part of my personality in email because I'm just like, I'm direct. I'm, I'm the systems person. I'm not the copywriter. So I don't yeah. feel like I have to be, oh my goodness, I misspelled something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and something else that I do love to do is there, there are a few people that I've subscribed to where I really like their emails. So I do have a little folder of if I get an email where I think it's really good, then I'll save it just for inspo. Where I'm like, oh, that was cool what they did there, or that's a little bit different, or I really like just the way that they structured something. Um, just to kind of keep it fresh as well, so that like if there's other ideas around, then I'm always I'm always up for kind of looking at those too.
1: Yeah, there's definitely heaps of just like fun things you can layer in. You can definitely embrace you know your brand personality in your email. Some people feel like it has to be professional like they feel like because like, it's like dear sir more <laughs> warm regards because that's what it had to be when you were like first learned at school where yeah. you write emails and how you did letters but these are just having like it's actually a conversational medium like it is just yeah, literally yeah. having a chat with your audience yes you probably are providing some really helpful information or some sort of motivation or something but it doesn't have to be this big formal beast Feel free to have fun with it and lean into your brand and your personality. Add a little bit of color, <laughs> add some some words, some jokes, um, add a gif, whatever it is. That so you, I
0: was like just to about go. to ask this, yeah, because I've I've kind of heard two different things. So I'm a big one for images. I love my images. I love an email that comes through and it's got an image in it. Those sorts of things. I also, from a branding perspective. Um, A big one for having your face somewhere on it because we get so many emails and stuff. It just builds that personal brand and that brand awareness. But then I've had other people say that if you've got images, then it's more likely to be picked up by spam or it may not get through or things like that.
1: Any thoughts on that? Yes, that used to be the case, that lots of images and lots of links would have a big impact on reaching spam or not. It is less so the case now. Um, still, as a general rule of thumb, um, I would not want to go over 30% of your email content being image. Just be, because... I'm talking about like a header. Yeah, a
0: header is Like fine. a header I mean, image and maybe one other in there. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I've got my podcast image. In most, and we did for a while, just take it out and put the link in, and I felt I felt sad, Yale. I felt sad when I looked at my email. I was like, oh, there's like no
1: color in there. Yeah, I like to make the buttons coloured and my links coloured and stuff to add some personality. Um, but no, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with adding an image or two in your emails, if you, especially if you feel like it enhances the value of the email. The key thing um, I just want you to note is that you just don't want to rely on it. Because yeah. so I see this like where people want, oh, like where they're worried about that they can't get their emails pretty enough. So they go and design it in Canva and then Ooh. put add the whole e- email as an image because they just want it to look good.
0: Oh, okay. And the
1: problem with that is, of course, um, that the whole thing's just an image. So that sends red flags. Um, but the second layer is this people don't even have images turned on because sometimes, you know, you get that line at the top in like, yeah. we well, are not displaying images. Yeah. Click to show them. A lot of people won't click to show them. So you can't be relying on the images to get your key message across, but you can use them to enhance.
0: Mm. And so just a little question on that, because I know that I've seen a lot of the people that I subscribe to just have the text now. So they've yep. just got the text and then they've got maybe links and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it as a trend definitely in the last year or two where people who used to have a lot of image, or not a lot, had one or two images, no longer have them. So do you think that it matters? Do you feel like people feel like it's more of a personal message when there's not an image in it?
1: Um, it's definitely just comes down to their... Tri- often it's probably trying to play with the deliverability. Um and getting into inbox versus promotions because Mm. the more and more it looks like an email that's like you'd send your mum or your friend, the higher of chance it will hit the inbox versus promotions Mm. or updates. I think it's in Outlook. But um, they're still getting the email regardless. And um, if we think about it as well, if you are like a biz, you know, the inbox, you know, Gmail, et cetera, they're trying to prioritize which goes where based around their activities. So yes, they want the ones from their mums and their friends to go to their main inbox and then be, you know, they, they are still categorizing and placing them correctly. If you are running a promotion or if you are, you know, doing an update, they are putting it in the correct place. So mm. they, they're, they're often just trying to work around that. Um, and some people just like that style too. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and the other thing i wanted to ask was around ps yes. so do you like a good ps I strategy i
1: love a ps strategy oh,
0: <laughs> let's talk about ps strategy i love a good ps strategy as well what is so, a ps strategy Yale, for my so listeners PS like, strategy what are they talking about
1: <laughs> is where you use the ps section of your um of your email to either summarize what was in the email, some people could say scroll to the end, or you use it as a secondary call to action or just an additional option. So for example, in that welcome sequence, like you're not gonna go, unless you, unless someone's literally signed up, I want to get discount code, and then you send them the discount code, here's link to buy, you're not gonna go straight in like, yeah, you have opted in, here's my amazing program. Like you wanna build up a little bit more trust. But there will be some people that are like, oh, I just I'm just like in. So you have your email and then your PS is like, PS, if you want more help, here's where you go. PS, if you want to book a a one-on-one call with me, here's the link. So it gives them that option if someone's in that place, but it's not that's not the focus of the email. So it's not making them feel like just sold to. Mm. It also plants the seed. Um, So even if someone's not ready to click that right there now, they're aware that something exists, that a next step exists. So it's just got that in their subconscious as things are going on. So you can have a line of text or you can have a featured product. You can have a testimonial in that space. Mm -hmm. You can have all sorts of little things, but just adds that little extra something. So love a PS.
0: Yeah, I change mine up every now and again as well. Like, So sometimes my PS, I did have the same one for a little while where it was kind of like, you know, um, PS, here. like if you want to get my book, here's the link. If you want to listen to the podcast, here's the link. And if you want to work with me, here's the link. And it was very simple, clean, and it was kind of like that. Now uh, for me, I think about it as if you read nothing else in this email, (laughs) this is what I want you to read Uh, because if the rest of the email is kind of a bit more information helpful stuff. Uh, I'm just like, you can read through all that and it's good. But like, if you've got two seconds and you read nothing else, this is the PS that I want you to be aware of. And yep. so, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big one for the PS. And I think it's, I think it's uh, really important real estate. Cause so I sometimes- know I go to the PS when I see other people's emails, like my
1: eye goes there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have a PS and a PPS. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I've also seen on that first one as well uh, a too-long-didn't-read, like at the top, like a one-sentence thing, a TLDR at the top. Um, If you've got a really long email, just like a two-sentence overview of the email as well. well.
0: At the top of the email. At the top, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love that too. That's really good. Fantastic. And so what is there anything else that you think, that my listeners should be focused on. I think that what we've gone through has been awesome. I'm actually like, I've got some new fresh ideas myself, Uh, but is there anything else that you think, you know, if you don't focus on anything else for your email marketing in 2022, like this is the one thing or two things you need to focus on?
1: Yeah. I think honestly, it just comes down to showing up for your audience and what they want from you. So do have a sit and think again about why did my audience sign up to my list? What do they want to know about and how can I help them with that? And don't be like like you said with Pat Flynn, don't be scared to actually literally even ask them <laughs> what they want to know about. Um, and don't be scared to show up and provide that value. So some people worry about sending too many emails um, because they don't want to be annoying. But I guarantee you people are getting a lot less emails than they're seeing in their Instagram feed. You know, talking about things that provide value and add value, like whether it's you're sharing some stories, you're sending some insider knowledge about different trends, you're sharing some behind the scenes or having a bit of a rant, whatever it is that feels good to you, don't be scared to think about who, who are they and what do they need from me now and actually showing up and sharing that because people sometimes just, you just, Really feel like, oh, you know, a bit bit tentative to send those emails because they worry about that annoying factor. But I think it's more important to be showing up more often with more value, um, and then sprinkling in the sales in between. Um, And it it ultimately comes down that to that and connecting that way.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be war and peace. I think that's the other thing. I think people feel like oh, well, I need to really sit and write something that's highly valuable and which might be a bit more, you know, um, like more information in it. I'm just like, if you've got something really cool to share that's in like two paragraphs or three paragraphs or something like that, something really simple, then I think that's really cool to send as well, because I think it mixes it up. I think Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. It's different to other people's stuff. You know, you're kind of keeping them on their toes as well. So, yeah, I think just, you know, think about what's of value right now. What could I share? And also, like you said, how can you do something that's going to engage them, get them to click, get them to respond?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely you've got to think about like people, there's definitely this tendency you want to try to overcompensate yes. by overdelivering. Like you yeah. see this in programs. You see this, I see this with opt-in incentives, like people feel like they need to create a 30-page e-book, mm. something because I need to make it worth it. But what makes something worth it is, one, someone has time to actually look at the thing (laughs) because I just want to scan something quickly and get get my imprint and to what what they get out of it. Like what is that outcome or what is it that they learn or do? What sort of quick win? You don't need to change the world in one email, but if you give them one quick thing, they'll remember that. So I think that that is crucial. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And just the last thing is um, I in past years, I'll probably do it again next year, I've sent out like a three question survey Mm as well. So it's literally like there are three questions. I'd love to know your thoughts. And I usually get a pretty good response to that. And once again, it's just around that direction. Like what would you like to hear more of? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's something that you're really focusing on this year? And maybe what stage of business are you at? Yeah. Like those I, are like three things.
1: Yeah. I love yeah, doing that on a re- an annual basis, but I love also throwing in an email um, every f- couple of months, which is purely just asking them a question and asking them to reply. That is amazing for deliverability, by the way. Like if people reply to your emails, Gmail's like, oh, this person's sending stuff that people want to read. They're engaging mm-hmm. with it. That's like gold dust. So constantly just you know, asking questions and make them really specific too. Don't, don't be super generic, like, what do you think? Um, <laughs> be really specific about, do you, and have some, you could even have some that are click the answer or which one of which is which, and, or, and it's not even click the answer, but they just, they reply, I prefer this or that. Um, it just, A, you're learning constantly. Um, you, you're beginning to know what they want to learn more about, what they want help with, where they're at. Um, but it creates that engagement and that back and forth, and mm-hmm. um, takes it more from a two-way relationship versus a, a shouting into the void. And you're wondering if anyone's actually doing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. love it so good. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think that there, were, I think that email is something we need to care more about and spend a bit more time in and making it better as well. Um, I know, but I. I do like sending out my my weekly emails to my subscribers, but I'm also like, how can I make it more fun? How can I make it more interesting? How can I make it a bit different so that it stands out as well? So I think that we've given um, everybody a lot of great ideas. So tell me a little bit more. So first of all, congrats on the new podcast. What is it called so that my listeners can go and check it out?
1: Yeah, it's Easy Email Marketing uh, with Yale Keown. So I'm on all the podcast things. I made sure I was because... I listen on an obscure one and I when I can't find a podcast on my main one, I get really, really annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me there, absolutely. And I'm up to about almost 30 episodes now. Amazing. So Social. and they're short. They're only about 10, 15 minutes long because I'm just in there about giving quick, you know, tips and quick insights on different things. Um, so you can easily binge to a uh, you know through a lot of different topics.
0: Fantastic. And where else can they find you? What's your web? We'll have all the links in the show notes, but what's your website and which social do you like to hang?
1: Yeah. So I'm, everything's Yale Keown, nice and easy. So yalekeown.com Y-A-E-L-K-E-O-N. Um, and I'm at Yale Keown on Instagram as well. That's probably the best socials, um, but being the email girl, um, <laughs> I spend less time on the socials and more times in the email. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's, that's me, but yeah. Um, you can definitely connect with me on there.
0: Fantastic. And then what programs have you got? Because I feel like this is something that people want to get better at. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I have my um, membership, um, the email experience. You can find um, that's yalkion.com forward slash experience um, where you, where I teach all of the email marketing things. So at all different levels. Um So lots of stuff about content, lots of stuff about tech with tutorials. I'm very conscious not to lock people into a system. There's nothing more that I hate. It's like you can join this program, but you have to be using ConvertKit or you have to be Mm. using this one. Obviously, I can't teach them all. What do Um, you use? I use ActiveCampaign. Oh, you do? Oh, I feel like I just got a gold star. Yeah. (laughs) I just love it because it's the most... It's got the most to play with. Yeah. Well, with. I did try a few.
0: I did move around. I think I tried about four different ones and I did try active campaign. I went away and then I came back because it's like, yeah, yeah no, it this, is this is the best.
1: Yeah, it's it's the best in terms of what you can what it can do. Um, but it can be incredibly overwhelming for some people. So Keep the best simple. software is the one that you're actually going to use. Yeah. And if you just look there and you just go, ah, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can go with definitely a lot of other choices. Um, so yeah, that's that's the, uh, my main offerings. I do do a little bit of like VIP day stuff. And I have an email launch program um, called the Email Launch Project, which will be back um, again in January, where I just live coach people through email based launch um, for their programs. And yeah, so a few things going on. Yeah, amazing. I love it.
0: So good. And like I said, like it's such a massive focus for me right now, like getting, we're blogging, like obviously the podcast is like our core content uh, and I'm wanting to do more with our emails and just it's all, I'm just like organic, organic, organic is where I'm at. Um, And while social is great for connection and building community, I want to get people back to my email. So if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed, <laughs> then make sure you head to sussjadwick.com and do that. But yeah, I have loved this conversation. I feel like I'm I'm excited to, to do more with my email marketing. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Really appreciate it. Thank you so
1: much. I've really yeah enjoyed nerding out with you about email. Hopefully I didn't lose people at the beginning part when I'm talking about some of the more advanced strategies, but I think I can handle it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. We love to nerd out here on the Brand Builders Lab every single week. So good. Well, yeah, we will uh, check out all of your bits and pieces and I'm sure that my listeners will come over and say hi as well. But thanks so much. Really appreciate it. So, are you ready to start being more strategic now with your emails? I love that conversation. There were so many gold nuggets in there. Make sure you go check out the show notes page for all of Yale's details. Uh, so you just go to com forward slash pod185 and you'll be able to find that. I know that for me, I am I'm gonna send my survey out again to my subscribers. I am gonna take a look at how we capture the level that they're at when people subscribe so you know I love that she's like you just need their first name and their email address so that's something that we're going to do as well uh and then I just need to take a look at whether I need a welcome sequence because I don't think we've got a general sign up we've only got our main opt-ins as well so so many action points. I love it. I thought that was so good. So let me know how you go. Let me know what you took away from it. Uh, And tag Yael and I if you're sharing that on Insta or anywhere that you can tag us. I would love to know how you go. Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixen on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.